was Doug Lamey with uh, the True North Jigs from his new album, True North. And God willing, we have Doug on the line. Doug, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you doing, Pam? I'm uh, doing great, thanks. Good afternoon, as it is there, I believe, in Cape Breton. It's lovely to be chatting with you. Cape Breton fiddle music, which we've just heard a fine example of, it's not quite the same as Scottish fiddle music, although it does bear a relationship. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yes, of course. So there was a lot of immigration, especially after the Battle of Culloden in Scotland, and a lot of folks ended up in uh, Cape Breton, uh, Ireland, Nova Scotia, and of course uh, they went elsewhere in the world, including Australia and parts of the United States and all over the all over the place. And uh, they brought their Gaelic and Scottish culture with them, and it's been passed down from generation to generation. So my grandfather, Bill Laney, was a Cape Breton fiddle player, recorded some seventy-eight RPM records back in the late 1940s in Cape Breton. They moved to the Boston area, and so I've kind of come full circle from the Boston area, and I've been living in Cape Breton maybe uh, the last 12 years or so, my wife, and we've got some kids that are playing music as well. But this music, yeah, it's interesting how it's passed down from even before. The the music itself predates the modern-day violin, which was, of course, an Italian creation, Stradivarius, Guarneri, and, and before, and those guys... And the, the violin, of course, spread across Europe and the world. It was just an, an easier vessel to uh, play folk music and other types of music than, say, in, in Scottish. The bagpipes, we all love the Highland bagpipes, of course, but it was a little tricky, especially uh, post-Battle of Culloden. The English had, uh, had prohibited Highland dress as well as the music and culture, so the Highland bagpipes were a little bit harder to hide. So the fiddle worked out really well um, for preserving that that music, the Gaelic and bagpipe music, and it, um, it's it's passed down pretty well, which we're, we're all grateful for because it's just such a beautiful tradition in music that, that a lot of us really just enjoy. It's my favourite type of music, that's for sure. And I notice on your album, obviously, you've done that in a particular way, but the, the style is very much uh, fiddle with piano. Now, I'm not overly musical, so I might really mess this up, but sort of a chord-based accompaniment. And sometimes I've heard Cape Breton fiddle played with guitar chord accompaniment. Is that, would you say that's kind of a characteristic way that the music has developed there in Cape Breton? Well, piano accompaniment has evolved too. I, I think it's really, really tasteful backing and uh, to, the, to the music and that's probably the most traditional way to play the Cape Breton music. Pianos aren't very mobile so I mean for someone carrying a fiddle case or a guitar case of course they have keyboards but the keyboards are, they take up a lot more space and whatnot but it, it remains a, a popular, uh, there's, there's a lot of really good Cape Breton piano accompaniments whereas I found in Boston there were more guitar players. If I went into an Irish pub there wouldn't necessarily be a piano but if I were to go to a hall in Cape Breton, uh, there's pianos in, in most of the halls. And uh, uh, the keyboards are getting a little bit lighter, a little bit handier to be able to, to bring around the gigs. And But the accompaniment, I do find really, really nice. And it's uh, it probably would have started, they were playing, I, I've read that they used to play pump organs. You know, the, the piano itself, such, a, such an amazing, beautiful instrument. And there's a lot of great piano players in, in Cape Breton. Talk to us a little bit about um, how you started fiddling and, and what what sort of influences you experienced early in your musical life. Well, I think, like, uh, my grandfather was, you know, he, he was a very uh, well-known and influential player, and he's always been my number one influence. I did, and, and to be honest, I, I didn't hear him play much in person, but his recordings, and if you could find those recordings actually for free on my website, if you go to com slash 
store. If you scroll all the way down and click on the link that's for the 78s, and there you can listen to those archived uh, 78 RPMs, and they're, they're free, and uh, and they're really nice. Um, so I grew up listening to those recordings, and then I was listening to Natalie McMaster, and of course the Rankin family, and Buddy McMaster, and that's what, so my dad putting those tapes on in the car, and um, it's something we shared together, and I, I attribute my dad for passing on that love of music to me. My dad's not a musician, but for anybody that's learned this kind of music, and uh, has been playing like so I've been playing the fiddle for 34 plus years and it's this kind of lifelong journey this lifelong love of the music and uh, so so I grew up you know listening to that and we, we'd go up to Cape Breton and we'd, we'd come to the dances and like, the outdoor concerts and of course there was a there was a lot of Irish music in the uh, in the Boston area which is very closely connected there's a lot of similar tunes in the repertoires it's kind of a different dialect of playing but but there was always like an Irish festival going on and, and they they typically have somebody from Cape Breton coming down to perform. So there was all sorts of situations like that. And it was just, I attended the Gala College when I was younger, which is a great program still going on in Cape Breton. And I was through my adolescence, was taking fiddle and piano, Cape Breton step dance. And my kids are attending that same program now. I have three nieces that are, are attending that program as well. So they're just great. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some great programs out there that are allowing youth to to uh, find players that are that are inspiring other players. You mentioned the Gaelic College. What um, can you tell us a little bit about the Gaelic College and its programs? It sounds uh, like a brilliant institution. So Rodney McDonald, who is a former premier of Nova Scotia, is, is the president and CEO of the Gala College now. And uh, they have a March break program, and they have programs through the summer. If anybody's attended the uh, Celtic Colors Festival, that's where they have their festival club is at the Gala College. And uh, for for youth, it's just such a great place to for them to go and expand their repertoires and to get inspired and excited about the music. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just an exceptional program. Sounds wonderful. Um, highly recommend it. And speaking about Cape Breton as a place, it's not a place I've ever had the privilege to go to, but I wonder if, if you could give us a quick reflection on Cape Breton as a place. What's it like and what's the community there like? Because I think that's probably the more important question. <laughs> well, there's a lot that could be said about that. So if you were to come to visit Cape Breton, Halifax would be the airport to fly into or Sydney, Sydney Nova Scotia, which is on Cape Breton. Uh, Sydney would be the largest city in Cape Breton. It's not a very large city, though. But from the Halifax airport, Cape Breton is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. And uh, it is an island, but it's connected to the mainland via Causeway. And there's a lot... The, the music is going to primarily be in Inverness and Victoria County. Counties, that's where the highest concentration of gales would have settled uh, mm-hmm. back in the early 1800s mm-hmm. from Scotland. So it's a great place to visit. The, the kind of the best times to visit would be kind of like May through October. October is when Celtic Colors is. And the summer months, July and August, that's when the most amount of music events are happening so all the different communities would have a festival and uh, there's dances going on every week almost every day of the week during the summer and uh, yeah if you're looking for resources if you're thinking about coming to Cape Breton and you want to know what's happening with music a good resource is musiccapebreton.com I believe and uh, if you just google search music Cape Breton it'll bring you some database of, of current events happening in Cape Breton things do quiet down in the winter time mostly due to weather and, and driving conditions. As far as a place to live, um, I, we moved to Bedeck a couple of years ago, and Bedeck has been a great little spot, especially for raising a family. It's a little less rural. It's a village, and there's there's 
just kind of year-round amenities. I'm sure there's a lot of country rural spots in Australia where uh, I'd love to visit, of course. Well, there's rural spots where, where amenities are kind of fewer and far between, and the bus ride for the kids might be a little bit longer than, than wanted. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I, where I found ourselves. We were living in a rural spot, and the kids were getting older and, and wanted to uh, get more involved with things, so we, we kind of uh, shifted to a more, like, Bedeck is a is a spot. Like I said, there's just a few more amenities and, and things going on. But it's a beautiful spot on the Bedore Lakes, which is an inland sea here in, in uh, Cape Breton. Bedour means arm of gold. And uh, Bedeck is actually where Alexander Graham Bell uh, retired. The first Canadian flight took off here. And it's a nice spot. It's nice centrally located for, for things on the island. As well as Cape Breton, you've, you actually grew up in Boston, is that right? I did, yeah, and um, I took a, I took a lot of Irish lessons, uh, but I but I had always kind of geared toward. I, I wanted to learn Cape Breton music; it was just kind of in my blood. So I was bringing Jerry Holland's books to uh, my uh, my classes and records of myself and tapes of Buddy McMaster saying, "This is this is what I want. This is what I want." Seamus Conley was is a great Irish fiddle player. Had um, he he was a director of. Irish music studies at uh, Boston College, and he ran a program called Gaelic Roots. It was a summer program. He'd bring Irish players in as well as Cape Breton players like Buddy McMaster and Carl McKenzie. And actually, my teacher through most of my youth, uh, her name Sheila Falls Cohane, and, and she's she was a uh, she's now the uh, director of Irish studies at Boston College. And I also took lessons from John Campbell, who was a well-renowned Cape Breton fiddle player, um, and he was he passed on a lot of music to me for sure. Boston of course must be quite an interesting multicultural environment. I mean we are used to thinking of ourselves and I guess I think of Cape Breton in my ignorance perhaps the same way as a a place whose roots are elsewhere. So you know in Cape Breton I guess the roots are Scottish but there's some French influence too I, I understand. But in Boston I guess you have that but it's then it seems to me from my reading that there's also the added complication there actually there's actually quite a lot of sort of Canadian expats for want of a better word sort of Canadian people in the Boston area particularly I guess if you're saying that Cape Breton fiddle tradition is strong there in Boston does that make it even more of a cultural mix do you think yeah of course I mean I think like there was a certain period where like Cape Breton was sort of a time capsule I that's sort of my personal belief where it was it was before they had uh, built that the Canso Causeway mm-hmm. and you'd have to take a ferry back and forth to to get to and from Cape Breton and the mainland. So the, the Kenzo Causeway was built in 1953. So there was a lot of farms and, uh, you know, transportation and phones and internet. Well, there was not no internet. Uh, phones were few and far between and transportation was much slower. So the music was definitely staying more true to that, those, those Scottish roots. There's Acadian areas in Cape Breton where French is still spoken. Uh, Shetty Camp is an area as well as the Madame. And there's definitely, there was definitely French influence there. Of course, the, the causeway opened up. My family moved to Boston. A lot of, there was kind of a, just kind of a mass movement in regards to, to going, people were moving for work, right? Uh, so they were, they were moving to the cities. So of course, ideas started flowing back and forth uh, more freely and the music definitely has evolved right but i'd say that uh, the cape breton music has kept a, a course that keeps it mostly celtic and it hasn't you know there's there's not a heck of a lot of bluegrass influence for instance or not to say i haven't that in sessions, uh, but it's kept more of a Celtic course than, than kind of like an old time or, or other genre 
course. It's so, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure it'd be, it'd be interesting to have discussions with folks about that. But And I know they, they wouldn't consider necessarily uh, Cape Breton being one of the Celtic regions of the world. Possibly, at least in publication, but I, I without, a, without a doubt, it is, um, you know, Gaelic is, is spoken here and the fiddle is, is really well preserved and there's like, there's a lot of young players and I mean, it, and it's always been in sort of an 8 through 80 crowd, you know what I mean, as far as like that, tr- and I, I, I've used those ages loosely because it could be 5 through 105 really, but yeah. it's just kind of multi-generational generational tradition and uh, if you know it you know it kind of thing and, and it can be found at festivals it can be found at a house party or the dance or um, you know the, any kind of a traditional Kaylee Kaylee is a Gaelic word that directly translates to a visit and so that <laughs> but mm. we're more accustomed to defining a Kaylee as a visit with music and it could be formal or informal could be something you pay for. It could be something that's free, but could be in a kitchen, could be in a hall. Uh, but it's usually a more kind of informal gathering. But that Kaylee culture, and, and, and even uh, there's certainly Celtic regions in Australia as well. Like, are, are you uh, like Glen Innes? Do you have, like that? Must derived. Uh, from from Scotland, yeah. Yeah, our earliest settlers here were definitely Scottish and I myself actually have a personal interest in finding out just how much Gaelic was spoken here. But I think over time our culture has changed perhaps a bit more than in Cape Breton. But we do still have quite a strong, obviously, uh, Celtic connection here and, of course, the Australian Celtic Festival every May. Um, it would be wonderful if you could come out and play at the Celtic Festival one year. We'll have to see what we can do. Doug, tell us a little bit about the album. We've played a bit of music from and it's really lovely music. Can you talk us through a little bit about how you chose the music to put on this album and the recording process? Absolutely. So it's my third album. I I had recorded an album with a group in Boston back in 2009. I also had recorded an album in 2011 and called a step back in time and i I just really like music production and i i love i love recording and i love the whole process and this idea like you know i've just turned 40 years old and looking for successes in life and there's this kind of idea that success is not in the end results but in the process which let's be honest that can be a hard sort of concept to really come to grasp with right in mm. uh, our goals, like, but uh, I found that through recording, and, and I've just loved every, almost every aspect of that recording process, and so that that's kind of an important piece to why it's why it's happening and why the recordings are, are kind of getting done, it's, especially like I've got CDs and how do I put it? Like who who who's bought a new vehicle in the last couple of years and there's not even a CD player in it. <laughs> so there's this kind of transition to which maybe is a uh, part of the conversation I, I don't necessarily need to get into, but for those who know, definitely know. And so it's, it's a love of uh, not only playing the music, but recording it and performing it. But that, anyways, that started in 2015, actually. And I mm. was, uh, I went into the studio with Mac Moore and Mac Moore is just an unbelievable piano player here in Cape Breton. He, he toured with uh, Natalie McMaster for probably a couple of decades. And, but you know, my wife and I, we've got four kids. And so life sort of, my priorities sort of got shuffled up. So I, anyways, I recorded those two tracks. And then um, in uh, 2022, we moved to Bedeck, a little more convenient as far as work and, and the kids going to school and um, some time kind of freed up and I 
I started kind of aiming toward that recording again. Of course, the studio was 45 minutes closer as well. That studio being Lake Wind in Punta Coney, Cape Breton. And so I ended up playing. I asked Sarah McGinnis if she would like to uh, record with me. And so Sarah is an amazing Gaelic singer. If you if you haven't um, heard her, it's worth looking into. And um, she's also the granddaughter of Buddy McMaster, which I thought was really neat just because of the generational thing. So like Buddy McMaster and my grandfather, Bill Lamy, would have been in similar generation. My grandfather was born in 1914, but he was like 1924, so there was 10 years in difference. Sarah would be younger than me too, so. But I just thought it was awesome that, of course, Buddy and my grandfather were, were quite close, and they worked together quite a bit, and it's really neat to be to be playing. Uh, it was neat to be playing with, you know, two generations later. And I felt similar kind of relationship with the Andrea Beaton, her grandfather's Donald Angus Beaton, and, and my grandfather and Donald Angus would have been pretty good friends mm -hmm. and so it's just a neat experience so anyway sarah played piano in on true north and yeah it was it was a great uh, journey to record and release as well and it's just been an awesome it was an awesome spring summer of music and fall yeah and i'm hoping that it continues because it just brings so much joy into our lives and my kids are all playing music too which is which is awesome i was thinking i really got my i really got my fill of music in this summer and i was thinking yeah, my kids did too, and I just thought it was just, they had all sorts of lessons, and they were going to the Gala College and taking lessons with Andrea Beaton and uh, Rachel Davis, uh, both really awesome and inspirational people, musicians, mm. and it's just been, yeah, it's just been super awesome. It sounds, sounds absolutely wonderful. What, what does the future hold for you? What, what's next? Well, it's a balance, right? So it's a balance with family life and music and where does that, how does that all kind of play itself out so that I'm there as a, as a dad and, and as a husband and I'm also getting the music out into the world and uh, the kids feeling like they're grounded. Not the bad type of grounded. <laughs> but just, so it's, uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes and make good decisions. And, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, so, and I, I've just, I've just started a remote position too. So I have some money coming in in a more effective way. Not to dive into that rather whole, but so that should free me, myself and my wife up. To, to do a bit of uh, and my, my wife is a piano player too she played on the previous album a step back in time so you're you're a musical so, family. Yeah. there are six of you who play music there's in the family there's six of us to play music yeah that's really amazing do you think that travel is on the cards do you think it might be possible that one year in the future you might come to Glen Innes and play at the festival oh definitely yeah, I'd love to um, I'd love to we love to travel as a family or yeah yeah I'd love to um, to get out there and that would be amazing and Hmm. If there's a if 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 you want to have us out there, we'll find a way to get there. And uh, yeah, yeah, sounds amazing. I'll uh, I'll sure. certainly discuss that with the relevant people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we'll be looking forward to hearing uh, hearing more of your music as as the years pass. But for now. This album, True North, is really very enjoyable. And as you mentioned, there are two previous albums as well that uh, people can find by Googling you, basically. So, Doug, we'll, we'll let you get back to life there in Cape Breton and uh, and we'll get on. Thank you so much for speaking with us this morning and hopefully we'll look forward to you visiting Glen Innes one day. <laughs> That'd be great. It's great to uh, meet your acquaintance and happy Christmas shopping and uh, Christmas and holidays to everybody listening. And, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you.